Okay, welcome to episode 64 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashball, as always, joined by my co-host Sixten Funquist, who is yawning and looks like he wants to fall asleep right now. I do. I don't know why. Well, Hello. you're probably tired. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How's it going, man? I'm fine. Uh, it's been... I had a pretty rough week, and I've been mentally, you know, tired, uh, drained, but on the way of, on, on my way to bounce back a bit, so I'm, that might be it as well. Excellent. Well, um, we do have some, obviously, some action to discuss after yeah. uh, Saturday's games. There's some pretty good games, actually, on Saturday, and I covered uh, uh, the Jurgen Brinus game, which, <clears throat> I mean, the first two periods or so, it was... You know, it was it was it was a little bit boring. It was kind of back and forth, but then all of a sudden, third period just kind of exploded with action. Um, and obviously, your Gordon went up two to nothing in the third period after having the one to nothing lead uh, uh, through the first two periods. And then Brinus, or uh, or sorry, Brinus had the two to nothing lead over your Gordon, and then uh, your Gordon coming alive, uh, scoring two quick goals in the final I don't know five minutes or so, including the uh, the game tying goal with uh, I believe it was 17 seconds remaining, uh, and then winning it in overtime. So a huge come from behind victory for your Gordon and uh, Linus Fidel had an absolutely fantastic coast to coast goal. Yeah, which it was, was just spectacular. Really and that was that was the first goal of the game for your Gordon, which kind of uh, kicked things off and gave him a huge uh, huge momentum boost. So um, yeah, that was a beautiful goal. And then he set uh, the game tying goal up as well, and also the game winner. So he had a pretty decent ending to the game, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Having uh, have, uh, having uh, impact on all three goals for your Gordon, that was a big one. Actually, I gotta say, I think he's looked really good in in all three games they they played. Although, <clears throat> sorry, he's only been on the score sheet tw- uh, in two of the games, having uh, accumulated four points in in, the, in these games. But but I mean, he's looking solid for a 35 year old just coming back and dominating. He, I mean, the coast to coast goal kind of showed what he uh, what he's capable of, I guess. And uh, well, he just made it look so easy. It, yeah. he just glided through everyone like they were just pillars that on the ice that he could just avoid. And yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was an absolute beauty we're gonna, of goal. We're gonna get to another player uh, making things look easy uh, here and there uh, later on in the show. But uh, yeah, Linus Videl is obviously one of the big signings in the in the league this season, and he's not uh, disappointing us uh, so far. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think he's gonna obviously be an impact player for your Gordon. Uh, that's got to be a tough loss, obviously for Brinus, though. I mean, being up two to nothing with less than five minutes remaining in the third, and then losing in overtime is uh, it's it's got a sting for sure. Yeah, and like you said, it wasn't you know an over-the-top great game from either side until right up until the oh maybe not even uh, through 60 plus minutes. But uh, that's the type of games you kind of want to win when you're a team like Brinas. You want to get away with those greasy wins, and they ended up with one point, which is obviously better than no points. But it could have been three. So uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, honestly, uh, one of the main reasons, in my opinion, that Brinus actually made it to an overtime frame was the play of Victor Andrean between the pipes for Brinus. Uh, he had a great game, making a number of saves. One in particular was a huge glove save, just absolutely robbing, um, uh, who was it, uh, the new Canadian guy for your Gordon. Um, Matt Lorito? Matt Lorito, yeah. Yeah, uh, you Lurito. put him in the highlight, yeah. Yeah, Matt Laredo had basically a wide open net to shoot at, but uh, Andrean managed to get across with the left pad, stacked with the left glove, and made an absolutely spectacular save. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, one of the you know saves of the week, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
I mean, a, a, a decent win for Jurgen. Two points, uh, getting things going. They lo- they've looked solid, honestly. Um, maybe not playing the full 60 or even 60 plus minutes, but they're getting their points and they came away with a pretty well. It was a steal of a win, to be honest, in lean shopping, but. They're getting their points, and that's important for a team like Uruguay. And they they kind of want to, like we talked about, kind of want to establish themselves at least in the in the middle of the league. And yeah, good start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that was all around good game. Um, of course, uh, let's move on to uh, another big signing. Obviously, Carl Soderberg had uh, a couple of spectacular goals oh, on Saturday for Malmo. That first, that whole first period for Malmo and Faryasad was absolutely nuts. Completely yeah. back and forth. Like it's like. Farjustad would score. Malmo's like, all right, well, let's score two. And I think there was five goals scored in the first period, and it was a 3-2, 3-2 lead for Farjustad after the first, I want to say. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually going to double-check that. But, yeah, it was the, the margin in time between the first goals were... So I'm actually going to read it to you. Well, first I went up one nothing, uh, and then Malmo tied it after eight minutes, 23 seconds. But then first out scored again, 8.56. So they had the tie game for, for 33 seconds there in Malmo. And then uh, Malmo tied it up at a little less than 15 minutes, 14.45. And yeah, at 15.06, uh, first I went ahead again. So yeah, like you said, it was a 3-2 game after the first period. And uh, yeah, a big uh, bit of a Mexican standoff, if you will, in the, in the first period there. But Getting to Carl Soderberg, Jesus Christ. Well, he had both tying goals in the first period, and both of them were absolutely highlight reel goals. The first one was an absolute rocket of a wrister from the slot. Uh, and then that, sorry? Just getting to the slot. He, he literally just took a lap in the offensive, offensive zone and then just walked in. He didn't even, it didn't look like he was skating. He just, yeah, I'm going to go this way now and just finish this off. And he, he did. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, his second goal just showed some great balance and hand-eye coordination, kind of doing a 360 pirouette to whack the puck in, into the uh, the empty net uh, as he was falling down. And uh, yeah, both beautiful goals from Soderbergh. Yeah, look at the play before that, because he actually sneaks up on the D. Uh, in be- I think he sneaks up in between the D and, and the goalie, or even if it might be the D coming in in front of him, no matter what. He just goes, well, you're not standing here anymore, and just gives him a little nudge, gets that, you know, I don't know foot or half a meter or whatever a bit of space and when the puck drops out from the goalie he's first there and just whacks it in like you said with the backhand and uh, is he too good to for, for the shl he might be yeah he's uh, he's been showing sheet code tendencies already so yeah jesus christ uh Malmö are lucky to have him right now yeah, and then uh, Farias had made it 4-2 in the second period. Malmo did manage another goal in the third to bring them back within one, but uh, Gustav Friedel, with just three seconds remaining on the clock, uh, potted the empty netter to uh, give Farias Dad the 5-3 win. But uh, all in all, I think uh, it was a pretty decent showing from Malmo. And uh, like you said, I think uh, Soderberg's going uh, to be a game-changer for them this season. Yeah, he's going to be. I mean, he was a regular middle six player in the NHL last season, and he obviously hasn't lost a step. And uh, it's just fun to see those players. Even though he's 35 years old, he he still he obviously he can fly, even though it doesn't look like look like it because he makes it look so effortless. But uh, yeah, <laughs> just sit sit back and enjoy because it's he he he's doing stuff that most SHLers really can't do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, he's he's 35, but uh, yeah, he's uh, still probably going to be one of the top players in the league this season. And that lit- literally goes to show that 
the difference between the SHL and the NHL because oh for sure because he is quite literally uh, an average NHL player and he's mm-hmm. way too good for the SHL at 35. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on Soderberg this season. Um, Moving on, a bit of a blowout in Timro. Um, The Lakers with a 5-1 lead after the first 20 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. The game finished 6-2. So, after after a five-goal first period, I mean, technically they're on pace for 15 goals. But uh, they did only manage one more after in the final 40 minutes. But, uh, I mean, that was more than enough. Yeah, they scored five goals in ten shots in the first period. Ooh, fifty percent conversion rate—that's pretty good. Yeah, or a fifty percent save percentage, if you will. Ooh, yeah, that's that's rough. That's not good. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, they they not only did the uh, the goalie—it was I believe it was Ryan Niemir the entire game. I'm not sure. He he didn't look all that confident on some of the goals, and uh, the D didn't do their part to help him either. So they got a bit of a worry up in Timro because. I actually looked looked it up. Timro, <laughs> no, I lost my notes. Here we go. Uh, Timro has scored six goals on the power play so far. That's the most in the SHL, which is really really good. Uh, they've scored ten goals in total, and they're where are they in the standings? Do you have the standings in front of you? I don't. Um, um, I think they're. Hold on, I'm just loading it up right now. They are. Eleven. Uh, 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 Eleven. So yeah. They they have let in. Uh, 13 goals. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Their offensive side is looking really good with Ty Ratty leading the pack. We're going to get to him in a minute. And uh, their D don't. Doesn't. I well, Sorry. what I find interesting is they've let in the most goals so far this season. Lexand had 12, but Timrose allowed 13 goals this season. However, they're third in the league when it comes to goals four, sitting behind only Malmo and the Lakers because Malmo and the Lakers have... Uh, 12 goals scored each, and Timber's got 10. There's yeah. only two or three teams in the league so far that have hit double digits when it comes to goals for, and Timber's one of them. How many goals? How, how many teams did you say had hit double digits in terms of letting letting goals in, goals allowed? Um, Malmo with 10, uh, Timber with 13, and Lexand with 12. There you go. So, so three. So, but I mean, we did discuss the the signings obviously earlier, and on paper it looks pretty good, but in reality, the D is pretty offensive. They got a pretty offensive mindset, and I think that that's coming back to haunt them because in their own zone they look disillusioned or even lost in on some of the plays. And you can't do that when you're a team battling for to avoid relegation. So I would expect Team Road to to kind of you know hunker down a bit, maybe just to get things yeah. going. Because uh, just when they get those opportunity up front, they do score and they score a lot. Uh, but they need to, they need to to, to kind of stop the the bleeding on the other side. Yeah, and uh, actually, just looking at the standings right now, six and I find this fascinating. There's only two teams currently uh, remaining undefeated in uh, in the in in the le- league so are right now, which I really? find kind of surprising because we're only three games in for most teams, and the only two undefeated teams have only played a pair of games: Faristad and Rogla. Huh. Everybody else has at, lost at least one game. That's uh, quite intriguing, actually. Yeah. Because uh, typically, cool. you know, you, you, I mean, three games in, you would expect at least one team to have won three games in a row. And obviously, Rogue and Faryastad still have the ability to do that. But at the moment, nobody's won three games in a row to start the oh. season. That's interesting. Yeah. That's re- that's really cool. And uh, let's hope Rogue and Faryastad face on Thursday. I'm going to look that up right now. 
They, well, that would be hilarious because they do. Uh, I don't know. No, Far East Dad plays. Lynn Shoping and Rogla doesn't play again until Saturday. Ah, oh, that's too bad. In which they play the Lakers. Ah, there we go. No matter. No, no worries. It's gonna happen. But yeah, a bit uh, of a rough outing for Timro. Um, but uh, also we should mention that and Rosian and Yinga. Yeah, for 11 a... points on the game. Rosian went two and two. Yinga had four assists. Uh, or rather, both Natan and Androsian went two and two, and uh, Yinga with four assists. So, yeah, great outing for those guys. Dude, uh, do your maths once again, please. What? Did you say Natan had two and two, and Yinga had four assists, and Rosian had two and two? Well, that's what you put on the agenda. Oh, no. well, I just I didn't put any points for Natan. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna check it out because I didn't find and I didn't didn't have the time. I was a bit late to the podcast. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, so I think Nettinen had one goal and two assists, maybe or two goals and one assist. Hang on. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, uh, because uh, otherwise it would have been 12 points. Right. Yes, uh, he had one goal and two assists. Yeah. So Pretty decent outing, anyway. Fairly decent. Yeah. Um, and then, the power play goal he scored uh, on, let's see, it must have been, yeah, the third goal they scored. He kind of combined play with Yinge. He came from the left D position, just fed it to Yinge, who was just to the left of the goalie from the attacking point of view. And he just fed it back and netted and just blasted one time. It was such a beautiful power play goal because they kind of pushed back the D or the box rather. And that the little, you know, pocket opened up for netted and where he just, I'm going to. Just kill this puck, and he did. What a <laughs> shot. Jesus, that was... Uh, uh, I, I love those kind of power play plays when, when you do exploit the or the, the areas that they actually create because quite a lot of the power play goals you see are deflections and, you know, just feeds to the uh, slot or whatever. Or uh, But this was, you know, they kind of pushed the, the D back and just went for it. And it's such a beautiful goal. I love those, you know, when you follow up. Great play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When everything just kind of clicks and everything exactly. works perfectly and just finished off with an absolute blast. I don't think it was it was a set play, but it sure looked like it because yeah, it just one of the just one of those things that works out well yeah, so well exactly. that it looks like it was planned but yes. might not have been. Yes. Um, Actually, Yinga told me once that they don't do a lot of set plays on Vekka. Um I'm not sure if he was lying, but uh, that that's what he said. So I don't know. Oh, well, maybe he was just trying to you know confuse the opponents. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to a couple of uh, the last two games on Saturday night were yeah. absolutely fantastic goaltending performances from two SHL rookies. I want to start out by talking about Matt Tompkins because yeah. in his first two games in the SHL, he posted a shutout and a 29-save, one-goal-against performance against Luleo. He is sitting, I believe, at something like a 9.83 save percentage over his first two games in the SHL. Um, and an absolutely spectacular performance on Thursday and Saturday night from Tompkins, uh, to, and yeah, it's just, I mean, if this is any indication of how he's going to play throughout the season for London's going to have just probably potentially one of the top goaltenders in the league. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I'm eating crow here because I thought that this was a signing in panic from, from Falunda and maybe it was according to Tompkins, it kind of went smoothly and he basically got the offer one day and he was on a flight to Sweden in within three days. So apparently everything went fast, but man, this guy's, it, he looks like a set he's, you know, carved out to play in the SHL. He's, I mean, he's square on the puck. He's, he's <clears throat> square on the shooter. He doesn't get, you know, 
fooled by by the angles or anything. I mean, he's got in, he's slotted in very well in on the big rink, and he looks. I love watching him play. I mean, he's. I'm not saying he's a favorite goalie of mine, but man, he looks solid, dude. He's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's square on the shooter pretty much every time, and when he's not, he's he's using that kind of big body. To, you know, it doesn't overwork his play, but he. It, he looks so calm in net. He's such what a presence, man. And he had a consecutive consecutive shutout for 19, 99 minutes and thirty five seconds to start his SHL career, which is uh, decent. Well, and the and the thing is too, it's you know I'm not gonna drop like drop any team names to insult anybody, but he didn't do these two games and these two performances against bottom feeder teams. Nope. He he came up against Haleftu, who I've already sung their praises multiple times and excited about the offense they're going to bring to the table. Shut up, six ten. Um, but he shut out Haleftu, and then he came into a Lulio team, which is widely regarded by critics and players alike as one of the hardest teams to play against in the league year after year, um, and gave up one goal on 30 shots faced against Lulio. And not only one goal against, but he did both of these. Uh, he, he had both of these performances in tight games too. It's not like they were huge blowouts for Forlunda. It was a two nothing win against Haleftu and a two one win against Lulio. And so like, he he's the he's he's the he's the difference maker in in both of those games. And all six points from those games are in large part due to the play of Tompkins between the pipes. I can't wait to have him on the show to kind of talk about, ask him about his start and you know, everything, you know, like pretty much getting into details on his goalie play and what makes him square that 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 good with, with the Frölunda system and, and the Swedish hockey because there's a lot of things to unpack here, I think, and we're going to get into that with him. Hopefully in the coming weeks, actually. So uh, keep an eye out on, out on our social media channels to be able to to Get your questions in. Actually, uh, we're gonna talk to Matt in, uh, well, in a foreseeable future. Well, yeah, absolutely, and also want to chat with him because uh, in my talks with other goaltenders who have come over from North America, a lot of them are say, <clears throat> say, you know, there's obviously an adjustment period with the bigger ice surface. The bigger ice surface creates some kind of more and unique angles for goaltenders to get used to. But he seems to have just kind of slotted right in perfectly. Yeah, both he and Casimir Kaskisu, who we, who we are going to get on the show as well, uh, have said that 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 it took you know about a week or something, or maybe two weeks, and then they got it, got it in their system. So I think it, it might be at at a certain degree easier for the goalies to kind of adapt because speaking to North American players like forwards, for instance, they they're some of them say they are you know surprised or shocked even with the amount of space and time they get with the puck in 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 certain areas especially you know around the 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 circles and they don't always know what to do with that amount of time uh and also speaking to defensemen those gaps are way bigger it's 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 way harder for some of the d-men to kind of get up on to close the gap on 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 the attacking players so Maybe it's easier for the goalies to kind of adapt because the ring size doesn't really, you know, affect their play because the 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 crease is pretty much the same size. And but it's just the angles. And once you got that covered, it might be that might be it. It's just a matter of getting those thoughts into your head that the shot might not come here. It, it's going to be a circle play or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then moving on to the final game of uh, Saturday evening. Hey, which one was... more thing about Tompkins, though. Did you yes. know he has a Vancouver connection? Really? No, I'm just kidding. Go on. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but Halefti with a good performance uh, against Lexstand and Strauss Mann, yeah. the young 20, what is he, 23, I believe? Yeah, coming over from the NCAA. 23 years old, playing in his first professional hockey game, his SHL debut, and he comes away with a 36-save shutout. Yeah, <laughs> he looked, uh, I, I just caught, uh, you know, a couple of words from his post-game interview, but he was, he almost looked surprised as well having done what he did and uh i'm this is one of the signs i've been seeing seeing his praises before that I, it came out of left field for me uh because he was in the in a, well he's 23 now so five years ago he was one of the you know the guy the guys kind of hailed pr- prior to to uh the draft he's not drafted yet he he's he went undrafted yeah which yes. is absolutely shocking I don't know what and at 20 23 years old i believe he's passed the draft window yes so he's, he, if he does it well here, he can go as a free agent wherever he wants. So that's pretty cool. I, I really hope he stays here for, well, given his start, uh, forever. But, you know, a season or another season if he plays well. Because it, it should be really interesting to to see him evolve. I've said that before and I stand by it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, he's uh, obviously a young goaltender. I mean, when it comes to... Goaltenders in hockey, they typically uh, peak a lot later than, you know, forwards or defensemen. But uh, 23 years old, putting up a performance like that against uh, an SHL team, it's, uh, yeah, what a what a performance and what a debut. I just looked, I got both Tompkins' and Strauss-Mann's uh, elite prospect pages in front of me here. And looking at it, uh, Tompkins hasn't played playoff hockey since his AJHL uh, season in 2012-13. He hasn't played playoff hockey in NCAA, AHA, AHL, ECHL at all. Hmm. And and Strauss Mann hasn't played. He's got one playoff season in his uh, as well. The NCAA is a bit different because they That's have a true, tournament. Though. I don't know That's if that can, I don't know if that qualifies as playoffs because oh. they have the Frozen Four tournament. That is true, but. So I think that might be factored into his regular regular season game stats. That's a good point. Mm, how do we look that up? I'm not going to especially do it now. playing for University of Michigan, who is always a, a top team in the that NCAA when it comes to hockey. What's pretty cool is that he was the captain of the University of Michigan team last season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And cool he posted five shutouts with a uh, 1.89 goals against and 9.30 save percentage in 21 games played. That's decent. So uh, we should try and get him on the show too. That would be uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, we are looking at some interviews. Uh, they do not come as easy as one might expect. Uh, we are obviously this isn't you know our full time job, so this is sort of on the side for both of us, and we're doing the best we can. If you have any suggestions for people or people uh, interviewees, if you will, just uh, hit us up, and we'll try to make the best of it. Or if you want to provide a contact, do that as well. Um, that'd be cool. Yeah. Moving on, we had another uh, game to talk to about, did we? No, we didn't. No, yeah, I think that's it. Actually, I, I want to get into Lexand because uh, they're not off to the best of starts. Like you said, they've let in double digits and goals, uh, and their D, they're playing their own zone. Doesn't look that good as well. I'm not sure what's going on here. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it could be just chalked up to you know early season shaking off the rust. Um, because it's it's definitely not the team that uh, we saw from Lexan last season. That's for sure, at least yeah. so far. Um, and I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, uh, off to a, a tough start. They're one of only two teams, Lynch Hoping being the other, that hasn't registered a single point so far through three games played. 
They're getting outscored 12 goals against, just four goals for. And so those stats right there tell you neither their offense nor their defense is working through the first three games. Which is, sorry, just looking at their lineup, or roster rather, uh, they've had a bit of a turnaround. Sorry, Jesus Christ. In, on, on the D, but they lost Matthias Jaronsson, who I believe is going is poised for a great season. They lost Daniel Gunnarsson and Lukas Nordsatter. Not no big impact players really, although I did like Daniel Gunnarsson. And they be- added Ben Thomas. Um, I don't know. Could it be chemistry, maybe? Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe they're just not clicking. As uh, maybe you, you need to start mixing up the lines, see see what works and what doesn't. But um, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's obviously too early in the season to yeah. pass any long term judgment on what they what what's wrong or what's going on. But at the same time, it's uh, definitely got to be a cause for concern for Lexand, even though it is still early. Yeah, with their expectations kind of heading into the season and what they did the last season, obviously they need to raise the bar a bit. But also they lost Peter Salaric and, and, and Marek Rivik. And so so uh, there are some shoes to fill there. But uh, all in all, I, I think they're pretty evenly keeled. They added, I mean, Verono is a great player and he's going to do great stuff for them once he gets going. And I'm pretty intrigued by Justin Clues as well. And I don't know much about Mikael Rohoma. But uh, just Verano and Clues should be able to kind of maybe not pull post. I don't know what did they do. Rivik and Celarik, I don't remember, but it, they, up up towards fifty points, I don't believe. But they can score a lot of goals. Uh, Verano and Clues, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, they they lost their two big offensive pieces in the off season, so maybe that's uh, that 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 might be a reason that they're trying to I don't know find somebody who can step into those shoes, which are going to be big shoes to fill. So yeah. Uh, but just before. Uh, should we just go do a rundown of some players here? Um, I'm just well, looking w- at, at the scoring. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just um, getting kind of off the ice. I wanted to touch on uh, Sebastian Eriksson, who we actually didn't mention in our previous <laughs> podcast episode, um, which is a really kind of sad situation for Eriksson. Um, uh, if you didn't follow what happened last year, 17 games into uh, the season, his first season as uh, Faristad's captain, he had uh, just an absolutely devastating open ice collision, which left him with a severe concussion. Didn't play a single game last season, and um, back on uh, the 14th, about a week ago, he was uh, uh, he announced that uh, basically he's been forced to retire because of that concussion. Still hasn't recovered, is still dealing with the, the post-concussion side effects. Some kind of really sad quotes from him talking about how, you know, he wants to get back to being the happy, fun-loving guy his his children used to know. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it basically, like he said, his uh, his world's kind of been turned upside down since that concussion. And it's a, it's a sad situation and unfortunately a reality of the game sometimes. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what to kind of say uh, other than that. Uh, obviously, our thoughts are with him and... Uh, be I mean, being a father, you you know you don't want to you want to be there for your kids and you want to. It's it's pretty imperative that you're in a good mood to kind of handle your own kids and and when you're not healthy, it shows for, and the kids take notice as well. And family is the most important thing in the in the world. And uh, yeah, let's just hope that he recovers a hundred percent or as good as he can get, and so he'll be able to. To be with his kids as much as he can and uh, live a live a somewhat normal life, because we've seen players before. Uh, Joan Franzen comes to comes to mind as well, and 
things might end poorly and that like you said that's the reality of the game and we're all aware of it and just just an awful situation all around but yeah i just wanted to touch on that because you know hockey's not always uh rainbows and sunshine there's uh mm. there's a lot of negative effects to to this game we love and like you said we're wishing erickson and his family all the best uh and uh hopefully he can get some help some treatment and uh make make a recovery so yeah just some some accolades for erickson to to kind of uh sum up his career he was a swedish champion in 2015 with with vekua uh before moving to Färjestad, he played his youth hockey with team role he played 527 regular season games in the shl and the swedish elite league that as it was called uh in the beginning of his career over 14 season as a 32 year old that's pretty cool um yeah he made his debut uh as a 16 year old back yeah. in 2006 he had another uh, 74 games uh, of playoff hockey in Sweden. Uh, just getting back to regular season, he scored 38 goals and 107 assists for 145 points. He had 235 penalty minutes, which isn't a lot for a D-man playing 500-plus games. And he had 16 points, nine of them being goals in the playoffs. Uh, he also... Sorry, lost it. Damn it. Yeah, well, he also yeah. won the um, World Junior Championship silver medal back in 2008-2009. Yes, uh, he did. And <laughs> Which, unfortunately for that Swedish team, came right in the middle of the uh, Canadian five-peat. <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> just getting back, praising his his penalty minutes here. Uh, back in 05-06, he played in the regional Swedish uh, tournament for juniors called David Pukin. He was the most penalized player. How about that? Uh, he also the, had a season in the AHL. I don't know if that's even a thing anymore, but <laughs> times have changed. Uh, he played 30 games in the AHL for the Chicago Wolves, and uh, he actually was a part of the Syracuse Crunch as well without registering a game. He scored one goal and seven assists in the 2011-12 season. So uh, we were wishing Sebastian Eriksson all the best, and uh, yeah. And Sixth do you know who the Chicago, Chicago Wolves were affiliated with back in 2011-2012? <sighs> the Vancouver Canucks! How about that? <laughs> Yeah, because he was drafted by the Vancouver Canucks, I believe. Uh, I've seen him post. No, he was, uh, uh, he was undrafted, but. He but if he, I mean, he, I've seen him post in a Vancouver Canucks jersey. So. Yeah, he, yeah, he was signed by the Canucks, but oh, he, he was, was okay. uh, on, he Fair was enough. a free agent when he signed. Yeah. Fair enough. So yeah, uh, everything leads back to the goddamn Vancouver Canucks. But uh, uh, <laughs> let's uh, move on to some players on the ice. Uh, I yeah. mean, right now, the two player two players leading are uh, Yinga and Rosian for the Lakers, who obviously got a lot of help in the uh, game on Saturday. Uh, yeah, Yinga, and out of, four, four, the, out of the top four, three are the first line of Ikra. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's Nattenen in, in fourth with five points as well. Uh, Ty Radney has five points. Uh, Carl Soderberg with four rounds out of the top five. But, yeah, three out of the uh, top four scores right now are uh, Vecco Lakers. Funny thing. So Ty Radney and Joey Laleggia have uh, 14 and 11 shots on goal, respectively. That's the most, most in the SHL, actually, both representing Team Raw. And there are another three players, uh, Jesus, uh, four players with 10 players. Uh, no, I'm can't. Yeah, four players with 10 shots uh, as well. Uh, John Dahlstrom has 10 shots and goals in on goal in two games, which is pretty good, uh, as well as Brock Little. He also has 10 shots on goal in two games. So uh, none of them registering a goal yet, though. Hmm. Actually, Joey Lennagia hasn't scored either. He has uh, three assists. But yeah, just worth a notice, I think. 
Okay, I, well, th this is going to be fun. Um, I've just got all oh. the you know, interesting player facts pulled up on the SHL Elite Prospects, so I'm going to oh, do God. a pop quick, quiz. quick pop quiz. Uh, yeah. Well, you should be able to get this one. Oldest oh, player in the league. When you say that, I never get them. Oldest player in the league. Oldest? Uh, By two years. Oh, come on. I don't know. Joel Lundqvist. Joel Lundqvist, for sure. 39? 39. Is he, is he turning 40 this season? I'm not sure. 41, isn't he? Or is uh, he I, I can't remember. Oh, never mind. Uh, do you know who the tallest player in the league is? The tallest? Oh. Could you tell me his team? Uh, oh, hold on. I have to check this. Not off the top of my head. Um, he stands 203 centimeters. Jesus. Which he plays for Roglo, which is six foot eight for you uh, North Americans. And he's 20 years old. Adam Edstrom. Adam Edstrom, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, youngest player in the league. Oh, uh, Casper, Marco Casper, maybe? Uh, I need to double check this because Marco Casper is currently listed as second on the list. Leon Bichel for Lexand. Although, yeah, he has played a game for Lexand, so there you go. Huh. And he is 17 years old, born May 18th, 2004. What's God, the difference so to Casper? He's born in, like, I don't know, August maybe? I think so, yeah. Uh, uh, shortest player in the league. Sure. Oh, had Joe Lash, but it is another American. Shortest player in the league. Could you tell the the team? Uh, Rogla played for Tyler, Oscar Schott. Uh, uh, Kelleher. Yeah, Tyler Kelleher is standing 168 centimeters. So he is a foot and two inches shorter than Adam Edstrom. <laughs> Imagine taking a picture with those two. <laughs> <You gotta> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's that's kind of funny. Uh, he's also the, uh, the the lightest player in the league at seventy three kilograms, hundred and sixty one pounds. Oh my god, I, I, that's I mean that's impressive though because he gets into the net in those greasy areas quite a lot. So he he's got to have, have a neck for it. Actually, Joe Whitney told me that once when the when you're because he's a smaller guy as well. I believe he's somewhere in the neighborhood of of a Kelleher's uh, measurements. Yeah, and and he told me you know. Once you get in there, you, the the point of what's um, oh Jesus, I lost the word. Point of balance, if you will, it's so low, so you can kind of move players around anyway because center of gravity. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you, you. It kind of works in his favor when if you can use it in the right way, you can actually move the bigger players around, even though you're a small guy. And I, I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, gotta you know use it to your advantage. Yeah, got anything else on your pop quiz here? Wise guy? Um, no, not really. No, okay, fair enough. Um, just want to drop by and talk about the goalies as well because I think they're a lot. It's a lost art of hockey. Uh, have you seen any, you know, uh, delay of game penalties for the goalies as of yet? Because we do have the trapezoid now. Yes, uh, Mantis Armalis got Mantis Armalis got one um, against. Uh, against Brinus, uh because he handled it. It was literally, literally centimeters outside the trapezoid because what he did is he was handling it ab above the red line and he oh. kind of swept swept it around to throw it behind the net. But as he did, he just cut off the trapezoid with a puck. Oh. And the referee, to his credit, right there, immediately called yeah. the whistle. 
Yeah, I mean, even though it was literally centimeters. You have to do that. So it was it was a good call by the ref. That's the most annoying thing, though, when you play the video games and you kind of want you your goalie goes out uh, in the trapezoid and you you have to move it and you know well if I move it now. I'm going to get called because I'm, I can't literally release the puck now without uh, moving into the, the the area. And I just, it must have been like that for Armada. Say, oh man, come on. But yeah, it's, I mean, to, to, to the credit, I mean, that's what they're there for. So uh, good on the on the ref. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. This is funny. I'm just looking at uh, the, the stats on the uh, Elite Prospects page again. Sorry to change the, uh, the, uh, the topic. But uh, league all-time points per game, Ty Ratty and Julius Nat- Ty Ratty, Julius Natton, and Thomas Sohorna are now second, third, and fourth overall in league all-time points per game because Ty Ratty has five points in three games, as does <laughs> Natton, and Zahorna has three points in two games. And so, <laughs> I feel like there should be like a games played minimum to make yes, that please. list. Uh, we should submit that to the EP guys. We we do know quite a few of them. So <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious because I was I was just like scrolling the the league all time you know records and it's like you know point or like uh, goals scored, assists scored, penalty minutes, and then all of a sudden it's points per game it. and there's Ty Ratty, Zahorna, and Ratten in there. I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. That's not. Actually, only two goalies have had a shutout uh, so far this season. That's uh, actually quite interesting because we played a couple of games now, and uh, it goes to show that we're getting goals. Yeah. And they are. Who are the goalies now? Well, Strassman and Matt Tompkins. I just wanted to check if you're. <laughs> if you remember, remember what we talked about twelve minutes ago? Exactly. I just wanted to check if you did remember. It's not. That's not a guarantee, is it? Yeah, okay. Not. What? Uh, who? I'm just gonna check who's made the most saves so far. Hey, Daniel Marmelin has 70, 72 saves to his name as as of uh, now. That's a lot. And he has an eight point uh, or eight eight point eighty nine uh, save percentage. So that's point eight 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 nine to you North Americans. Oh, okay. Well, here's here's another quiz for you. Oh. Um, why? Game, okay. Games played in the double digits for points per game in the SHL. Who do you think is... What? Games played in the double... What? I don't understand. So, so a player that has more than 10 games played oh, in the SHL. Oh, you did filter it. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the uh, oh. top points per game. Very famous Slovak. Lukas Lant... Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's our pigeon, by the way. Um... Slovak. Pavikovsky? Marian Hosa. Oh, damn it. And Elias Pettersson is uh, second overall when it comes to more than 10 games played. Yeah. Who does he play for? I don't know. Doesn't uh, doesn't ring a bell. Uh, no, he's probably not there anymore. <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings, I believe. Uh, <clears throat> anywho. Don't even joke. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't have a horse in the race here. I'm just here to watch the world burn, as always. Uh, all right, but I think we've kind of covered everything we wanted to touch on. Or actually, no, I want to actually, talk about the SDHL because the SDHL uh, because there was some uh, news from the SDHL. Yeah, we're we're gonna drop in and talk about the SDHL on, on a simulate regular basis. And uh, I've been watching some of the. I haven't watched the entire games, but some of the goals they score are. I mean, it's such a beautiful place. And <laughs> I watched, I, I did some work with the SDHL this past uh, weekend, and I came across Maya Nilian Passion, the 20 year old D playing for Brinas. She had 
three points when Brynäs beat H371 Friday 7 to nothing, and then they followed it up uh, on Saturday beating Gothenburg, I believe. I'm going to double-check that because I don't want to be wrong here. And I uh, played uh, Gothenburg, yeah, winning 7 to nothing again. And uh, Maya Nilian Passion had another four points to her name, which is a pretty decent outing as a D-man or D... Do you say D-girl? Defensive player? Defenseman? Defenseman? Uh, defensive lady? Defense woman? Yeah, playing D. That's neutral and good. Uh, so I just want to, you know, praise her for her performance here because uh, she she she's up there. Yeah, and, that's uh, that's an incredible performance and playing for Brinus. Just looking at the standings in the SCHL right now, uh, Lulio, Brinus, Lynchoping, and Moto all have nine points. However, Brinus's plus minus goal differential. Well, Lulio has eleven points, dude. Oh yeah, they do. My bad. But Brinus is plus seventeen. Yeah. In four games played. Yes. So after two games, they were plus three. That is insane. Yes. Also goes to show that um, there's a bit of a difference between the teams here. <clears throat> Actually, I want to mention uh, the Lulio AIK game as well. Uh, Lulio didn't have their best of games against AIK, and they, uh, but they turned around. AIK actually scored the first goal in both of their games uh, this past weekend, but they lost four to one against Modo, and then ended up with an uh, overtime loss to to Lulio three to two. But that was the first time since September 2019 that AIK came away with a point against Lulio. So good oh, on wow. that. Yeah, and that was actually their first point of the season. Lexand also got their first win of the season, beating uh, Gothenburg Sunday, uh, came, coming away with a 2 nothing win there with Phoebe Strands, I believe is her name, uh, scoring the game winner in the first period. I also want to mention Olivia Safuto, who had uh, three points for Lean Shopping uh, against Jurgården. And, uh, oh. oh, is this the name I'm looking yes. at right now and I wanted yes. to talk I about? Because this, this I, is... I, I, this I'm is, sorry, Sarah. This is the I'm captain gonna... of the SDHL All Name Club. Yes, Sarah Eve Kutu Godbout. I'm sorry for butchering. We're butchering her, butchering her name, but she had two goals for AIK. Her first since coming over from, I believe, the Toronto, Toronto Six. Is she American or Canadian? I think she's Canadian. So actually, we should have her on. We should talk to her or some of the North American women again because they're they're great fun to talk to, and we're gonna talk about the women's hockey even more. And we are getting Marisa Graham back on the show. I'm gonna send her a message uh, right after we hang up, actually. Perfect. So but, we're gonna um, get into the women's hockey as well. It's a uh, it's a cool. I mean, honestly, I think I think I've said it before, but the, the Swedish women's hockey league is a good hockey league. Uh, I, well, I, I would have to argue that it's probably the best women's hockey league in the world. Uh, the the North American one, I I mean, it's it's been plagued with problems, and um, I would I say mean, that it's the it most well run league uh, yeah. out there. But that would be interesting to kind of get one of the an insider's perspective. Get exactly. one of the players on who made it, maybe has experience in multiple women's leagues, and yeah. Because, uh, yeah, Sarah Eve uh, Kutu Goodbout had played in uh, the NWHL last year with the Toronto Six. Toronto Six, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we should uh, we should definitely get someone uh, someone on who could uh, provide some insight. Yeah, we should. Uh, if, if you have anyone, if anyone out there listens who's pretty into women's hockey, let us know. We are more than happy to have you on. It should be a really cool discussion. And we're getting, we are getting Key Martin back. Because where that interview ended up on the internet, I do not know. 
It was so it weird. Disappeared into thin air. I mean, we're obviously doing most of our recordings through Skype, and uh, I've, <clears throat> I've come to hate this uh, application. But uh, it it took the the kind of the, the crown on the, on the jewel here was the loss of the interview with Kim Martin, which was a great interview. Uh, we got into depth with uh, everything regarding ho- women's hockey, and it disappeared. So, too bad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that just about covers it. Um, coming up this week, uh, we have oh, yeah. games on Thursday and Saturday. I believe we've got one, two, four games Thursday evening. And then do we have a full slate of games on Saturday? I believe we do. One, two, Thanks, three, yeah. four. No, we've only got five games on Saturday. Oh, how about that? Three in the afternoon and two in the evening. Brinus and Halep to you. Lex and Lynn Shoping. Lulio Orebro in the afternoon. Then Oscar Sham for Lunda and Lakers and Rogla at six o'clock. Uh, that should be a good game, Lakers and Rogla rematch of the uh, the final last season. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. And uh, I'm working Thursday, and I haven't decided the games I'm going to work. Uh, yeah, so looking forward to Thursday. Excellent. Well, uh, just before we go, of course, wanted to do a shout out to our patrons, who yes. of course we love the support, guys. So thank you so much for. Uh, for your support and yeah, take it away, Sixten. Thank you to Adam Novik, Darlene and Tom, Linus, uh, Andreas, Tobias, Anton, Lucas, and of course, Eric, who has provided me with this lovely microphone from a well-known internet uh, provider or internet Excellent. place. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, hope you have a good one. We'll um, probably come back at you next week with a brand new episode to recap all the next week's uh, action. Yeah. Um, and maybe like even that. have an interview by then. Fingers crossed. Woo! All right, Woo. guys. As always, stay safe, wash your hands, and have fun. And support your local. Yes. Both important things. Always have fun and support local business. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Talk yeah. to you later.